Is there anybody here who's in a crisis and you can't fix it? And you need God to reverse it. Dr. Tony Evans talks about what it takes to change God's mind when we're facing a challenge. God is going to look at your record when you pray. And your record will have a lot to say about your influence in heaven. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. If God already knows everything, why would He ever have reason to change His mind? Well, we're about to find out as Dr. Evans helps us discover when and why the Lord chooses to be flexible. In 2 Kings chapter 20, we hear the cries of a man. He's asking for another shot at life. It's Hezekiah's crisis moment. Because verse 1 says, in those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And Isaiah came to him and said, thus saith the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. In other words, we have a terminal situation. Hezekiah, we're told in verse 2, turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Now, you have to follow this. He's in an irreversible situation. This can't be fixed. What's his problem? His problem is death. He's, He's dying. There probably is somebody here today dying. It may not be physical. Maybe you're emotionally dead. We're told that he turned his face to the wall. Isaiah gives him bad news. Hezekiah turns his face to the wall. Now that means if he turned his face to the wall, that meant he wasn't facing the wall. He's facing Isaiah as Isaiah visits him on his sickbed and gives him the bad news. But what he does is he turns his face from people to the wall. You see, we get to places in life when people can't help us. When things get so bad, you must turn away from people. Where the doctor can't fix it, the counselor can't fix it, the bank can't fix it. We're also told at the end of verse 3 that Hezekiah wept bitterly. Here's a grown man crying because he's lost hope. So we have a crisis situation. It's a situation called death. Something is dying and he says, get your house in order. It says he turned to the Lord and he prayed. And he says, remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth of the whole heart and how I have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, I've called my sermon today, Changing God's Mind. Because God says, you're going to die. And God said it, then what option is there then that this thing is just going to go south and I can do absolutely nothing about it. You are not going to live. You are going to die. But Hezekiah turned to the wall and he did a spectacular thing. He gave God a credit report. He says in verse 3, God, I want you to remember something. 
says, I've walked with you. I gave you my whole heart. And I have lived to please you. God, check my credit report. You know, when you get ready to go buy a house, they want to check your credit report. They want to see, have you been paying your bills? Have you been meeting your obligations? Have you been fulfilling your duties? Because how your report looks will have a lot to say about whether they extend to you alone. In other words, they look at what you did yesterday to determine what they're going to do for you today. Now, there are probably some people here this morning with bad credit. Or there may be people here living with somebody with bad credit. In other words, the bank won't do anything for you because they can't trust you. They're not sure that if they take this risk that you're going to come through. Hezekiah says, God, I am, I don't want to die. I'm going to be upfront. I don't want to die. I don't want this circumstance, this illness to kill me. I want you to reverse it. But rather than just ask you to reverse it, let me go over my credit report. He tells God to remember. Now he's not telling God to remember because God can forget. The nature of omniscience means that God cannot forget. He knows everything yesterday and today and tomorrow. He knows what could have been. God knows the details. It wasn't about forgetting. It was about crediting. If you read the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah throughout the book says to God, every time he does something with God's interest in mind, Nehemiah says, remember me for good. In other words, God, there's coming a time when I'm going to need to call in this chip. There's coming a time when I'm going to need you to intervene for me. You remember this one. Remember me for good. This is a biblical principle that many are not aware of. The Bible says in the book of James that I will show mercy to the one who himself has shown mercy. That's a credit report. In other words, God is going to look at your record when you pray. And your record will have a lot to say about your influence in heaven. Your record on earth influences your credit rating in heaven. You see, a lot of people come to God when they get in trouble, when they need something, and God is a flat tire. He's there if you need him, but if you don't need him, just be there in case I call. In case I get a hole in my tire, you be there just in case. But if I don't need you out of sight, out of mind. Before Isaiah, verse 4, had gone out into the middle of court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus saith the Lord God, the father of your father David, I 
heard your prayer and I have seen your tears and I will heal you on the third day you will go up to the house of the Lord. You know what just happened? God just changed his mind. Come on now, verse one said, get your house in order, you're going to die. Verse four, God tells the same prophet who he sent in to tell him, your time is up. Go back and tell him, I changed my mind. Now what caused God to change his mind and how can God change his mind if God changeth not? You see, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how can he change his mind? I mean, he did not give a condition. He didn't say, you might die. He said, get your house in order, you shall die. But then uh, when he gives his credit report, God looks through the record, so to speak, and he says, I have heard your prayer. What was his prayer? His prayer was check my report. That was his prayer. And I have seen your tears. Uh, don't, don't go too fast over those. He said, I heard what you had to say to me. Heard your prayer. But I also felt your heart. I saw your tears. Let me tell you something about God that oftentimes we miss because we emphasize the truth and we should emphasize the truth, but, but your God has a lot of feelings. When you read the scripture, the emotions of God are regularly and rampantly expressed in the Bible. The Bible regularly talks about God's anger. It talks about God's joy. It talks about the emotional side of God. He saw his tears, that is, he felt deeply with him, and he was touched. Now, some folk have fake tears. They cry to get to your emotions without much meaning behind the tears. God knows the difference because he says, I heard your prayer and saw your tears. I didn't just see you crying. Sometimes when I was a boy growing up, and I'd be crying about something. My father would say, okay, keep crying. I'm going to give you something to cry for. He was unaffected by my tears. You know why? Because my tears and my report didn't match. In other words, I was crying, but it was about the wrong thing. He says, Isaiah, go tell him he's not going to die. When Dr. Evans continues our lesson in a moment, He'll tell us more about how God can change his mind without changing his character. But first, I wanted to let you know that today's message is part of a hand-chosen collection of Dr. Evans' sermons exploring the resources God has made available to believers. The series is called, You Are Stronger Than You Think, and it was put together to help you discover God's unwavering presence and guidance, empowering you to overcome challenges, find resilience in adversity, and carry the weight of life's burdens with grace. You can get all the full-length messages in this series on CD or instantly downloadable MP3s when you contact us and make a donation to the Ministry of the Alternative. It's only through the faithful support of listeners like you that we can continue to bring Dr. Evans' messages of hope and truth 
to a world in need of the good news of Christ. Visit us today at TonyEvans.org to make your donation and request the six-message compilation, You Are Stronger Than You Think. And if you do this no later than tomorrow, we have an extra gift for you. It's Dr. Evans' Prayers to Share book, containing 100 tear-out, pass-along kindness notes, each with a prayer, scripture, inspirational quote, and space to provide a handwritten personal message for someone you want to encourage. Get the details at TonyEvans.org or call us any time of the day or night at 1-800-800-3222, and one of our friendly team members will be happy to help. Again, that's TonyEvans.org, or by phone at 1-800-800-3222. I'll repeat that contact information for you after part two of today's lesson. Here's Tony. God always gives himself room without compromising his character. He even did it here. Get your house in order, for you shall die. The bad news is, you shall die. The good news is, there's still time. He doesn't have to say, get your house in order, you're going to die. He could just say, bam, and it's over. God told Jonah, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Why say in 40 days? Why not just say, Nineveh, you're gone? Because God creates windows. God creates scenarios that buys him time and buys us time. And if in the window that God creates, there is a change God can change his mind without changing his being because the change he makes is in relationship to some other true aspect of his nature. For example, Jonah. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. But they repented in the 40 days. So now God related to them based on their repentance, not based on their sin. And therefore, God really didn't change, although he did change. He did change from destroying them, but he only changed from destroying them because grace could kick in because repentance kicked in. So he was still being consistent with his nature, although he changed his mind. So whenever God changes, he's still being consistent with himself. In Exodus chapter 32, God is angry with Israel and he says to Israel, Israel, I am going to destroy you because you have gotten on my last nerves. Everything I try to do for you, you reject. I am going to destroy you. The Bible says that Moses went before the Lord and prayed. He says, now God... If you do this to your people, then you're going to get a bad name among the heathen. They're going to say you were big enough and bad enough to get them out of Egypt, get them through the Red Sea, but you couldn't carry your people to the wilderness and you're going to get a bad name if you destroy them. Then they're going to make fun of you. They're not going to think that you're the powerful God that you are. So I ask that you change your mind. 
And the Bible says when God heard the prayer of Moses, God repented of the evil that he would have done against Israel. He changed his mind. Why did God change his mind? Because Moses knew a secret that many of us don't know, and that is God will do anything to promote his own glory. If you want to change God's mind about something, tell God what he's going to get out of it if he changes his mind. Hezekiah asked, what you going to do with the city and what you going to do? Hezekiah said, I'm dying. Remember me. God answers and says, okay, I'm a reverse. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to let you die. In fact, I'm going to give you 15 more years. That's good news. But the question is, why does God change his mind? God changed his mind based on his prayer, changed his mind based on his tears, but God changed his mind for a reason. He says, I am going to give you 15 more years to accomplish more for me. I'm not just giving you 15 more years so you can live longer. I'm giving you 15 more years because I will deliver you and this city from the king of Assyria. He's talking about a man named Sennacherib. In chapter 18, Sennacherib was invading Israel and uh, they were going to bring judgment of God on Israel, but God was going to judge Assyria and Sennacherib. He says, okay, I'm going to let you live, but I'm going to let you live to deliver somebody else. I'm going to deliver you so that you can become a deliverer. I'm going to help you so you can help somebody else. I'm going to make stuff better for you so you can make something better for this city and for, for the purposes of God. When God reverses and changes his mind based on your credit record and your prayer, it's because he has something more for you to do. He's not just doing that so that you can enjoy life. Although there's nothing wrong with that. He is saying, I've got a plan of deliverance that I want to see happen. I got a program. If God has delivered you financially, how has it affected his program? If God has delivered you emotionally, how has it affected his program? If God has delivered you spiritually, how has it affected his program? If God has delivered you relationally, how has it affected his program? Or you just run around talking about I've been delivered. He said, no, I delivered you because I got something else I want done. I got a plan. I'm looking out here today and I see some folks that I love who I've talked to in private who for various reasons were in terminal situations. I'm looking at a couple right now. You wouldn't know who they are who were in a, in a terminal marriage. It was over. But they're still in the house today, serving the Lord today. And they told me about what God was doing today because God heard their prayer and saw their record. When God comes through for you, he ought to see you. He ought to hear from you. And he ought to be able to use you when he reverses your terminal situation. In fact, could it be that maybe that's why you haven't heard yet? Because you've not connected your terminal situation with his eternal purposes. He 
he says in verse 7, then Isaiah said, take a cake of figs. And then, and he took them and laid it on the boil and he recovered. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, we know his problem. His problem is he's dying of infection because he's got an infected boil. So he's mortally ill from an infection that they can't cure. Now, if you're the king, the best doctors in the kingdom are yours. If you're the king, he's the king. He can go to any doctor. He can go to the creme de la creme. He can go to the cream of the crop. He can go to the best medical advice available. And none of them could help him. Because when we start the chapter off, he's mortally ill. God tells Isaiah, tell him, take some figs, put it on the boil, and let the figs suck out the infection. What God does is he uses a natural thing to bring about a supernatural result. But it wasn't anything evidently the doctors had used because he was mortally ill. See, that's why you got to be close enough to God to hear from God so that when he gives you a new way of doing something that none of the professionals know about, you can hear it, use it, and benefit from it. A lot of us are using professionals and we're not better off. We go to professional people to help us out with our money and we're still in debt. We go to professional people to help us out with our mental well-being and we pay $300 an hour for them to tell us why we ought not be depressed. Shucks, if I wasn't doing what I do, I'd be a non-Christian secular psychiatrist so I could charge people $300 an hour to tell them why they need to come back next week. I'd make a killing. So you're paying professionals to solve a problem naturally that God wants to solve supernaturally. Dr. Tony Evans, talking today about what it takes to change God's mind. Now, if you'd like to take advantage of the limited-time offer I mentioned earlier, you'll want to visit TonyEvans.org right away. The entire You Are Stronger Than You Think six-part audio series is our gift to you, along with the prayers to share kindness notes when you contact us and make a donation to help support Tony's ministry. But this exclusive deal ends tomorrow, so make the arrangements right away at TonyEvans.org. You'll find a section on the homepage specifically for this special offer. Or you can call and let one of our team members help you at 1-800-800-3222. The number again, 1-800-800-3222. Now, before I tell you about what's in store tomorrow, Dr. Evans wanted to take a moment to share these thoughts with you. Jesus showed compassion, empathy, and unconditional love to everyone, no matter who they were or where they came from. He taught his followers to love one another, treat people with respect, and be kind to those in need. If you've got a desire to spread love and compassion, to bring understanding and unity to our culture, then your heart is aligned with Jesus' teaching. And the best way you can impact the world for good is to make sure you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to accept his sacrifice for you and let him guide you every day. If you don't have that relationship yet, you can start it today. Just pray this simple prayer, but mean it for yourself. Dear God, I confess my faith in Jesus Christ, your son, who died on the cross for my sins and rose 
to save me. Enter my life. Be my Savior and Lord. Cleanse me. Direct my path. Thank you for your love and salvation found in Jesus. And help me to live a life each day that shines your truth and love to those around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Tony has more to share about the importance of aligning your life with Christ. And you can hear it all when you visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link at the top of the homepage that simply says Jesus. Well, tomorrow, Dr. Evans will tell us more about Hezekiah's new lease on life and teach us how to recognize the signs that God has changed his mind. Be sure to join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 